All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Heady Jams, a grateful podcast. My name is Ira Lipsy, the eye of the world. Thank you for joining us. This will be episode number eight, and we have a special guest contributor today as St. Stephen has taken the week off. The special guest, a longtime friend of mine, a childhood friend who now resides in sunny Colorado, the, the sunshine state. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. That would be Dank, a.k.a. Dan K., a.k.a. The Caveman. Dan K., thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for contributing today's set list. Did you know what that movie reference was when I said The Sunshine State? Gorgeous. Uh, was that the National Lampoon's Vacation? It was an old school when he runs it, the, uh, the Luke Wilson character runs into a, a girl at the wedding and it's like, oh, where you been? And she's like, I've been living in Denver. He's like, oh, the Sunshine State. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Pretty funny. Oh, uh, yes. Old school. Yeah, old school. Anyway, so I asked uh, I asked Mr. K to help me out with, with the set list. And he sends me a set list. And I'm looking over it, the overhead view. And I'm thinking, this is, this is what he came up with. For a set list, and I was like, you know, there's some there's some quality stuff in here. There's some stuff in here that I'm gonna have to ask him about. But upon you know a closer inspection, I really find that I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the different uh, versions of the songs. I enjoyed how it all went came together, and I, you know, it really was you know an enjoyable uh, set list. And of course, you start off with one of my all-time favorite, and I don't know any deadhead that's, this is not one of their all-time favorites, the introduction and help slip Frank from One from the Vault, Great American Music Hall, 81375. Was this one of your early influences getting you into the dead? Well, ironically, it actually wasn't. Um, I heard this for the first time when One from the Vault was released. And so I'd listened, been listening to The Grateful Dead for a while before that. But just the intro as, you know, Bill Graham is pronouncing each band member's name and they come in with their instrument until he's finally, The Grateful Dead! And you're, da-da, da-da! I mean, this is just, if that doesn't get you up and get you ready for the show, I don't know what will. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it really was, I think it was probably the first, like, other than like Live Dead, I mean, one from, you know, without a net, I guess. I mean, there were other live releases, but that was like a kind of a big deal. And I had that special case with the the invitation to a night with the Grateful Dead. And of course, you're right. That introduction is like, man, that gets you so fired up, uh, especially when he says on the bass, Mr. Philip Lesh. I just I just love that. It's so good. Yeah, but then then you go into a nice Jack Straw from five fifteen eighty, uh, from Nassau Coliseum in New York, and it's a very solid Jack Straw. You know, one one of the things that Saint Stephen and I talk about on the podcast is, you know, the eras, the shows that have, the songs that have, you know, withstood the test of time, songs that they played in seventy two, and songs they played, you know, towards the end in the late in the mid nineties. Jack Straw is one of those songs where. You have some versions that are slower, slower down versions. You have some versions that are, you know, more sped up. Like one of my favorites from uh, 
324-93, Chapel Hill is a really great one. Or later that summer from uh, from uh, Outson Stadium in, New- in Oregon, this is a kind of like an in-between version. It's not super fast. It's not super slow. But it is rocking and rolling. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really why I picked this one. I love Song Jack Straw. And this version here is exactly like you said. It's pretty much right in between for the majority of it from that little slower to a little faster. And you get a nice, real good beat on it. The jam is great. And then the build up to the crescendo. And then they're just ripping it at the end. Just pure rock and roll. It is just a really great version of Jack Straw. Yeah, I agree. And then now I've, now we come to one where I, I imagine it has a special place for you because you were there, and that would be Masterpiece from uh, April 1st, 1995, right here. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped one. Let me go back before the Masterpiece. You got West L.A. Fadeaway from Ventura County Fairgrounds, 731, 1983. Uh, we've had a couple of West L.A. Fadeaways on here. Tell us about uh, about this one. Well, West L.A. Fadeaway is one of those songs that uh, people just really love. I mean, I've loved it since the first time I heard it. You know, it's uh, it's a modern, bluesy version, and uh, it's just really great. This one's a little bit on the slower side uh, as far as tempo goes. There's a lot of bass in the mix, and uh, this one in particular is at Ventura County Fairgrounds, which happens to be west of Los Angeles. So... I think they were kind of feeling it a little bit. It's uh, a really good version, but it's real bluesy, and uh, it's really, really enjoyable. It makes you feel like you're just, you know, cruising through West L.A. and just, you know, you already know where you need to go. <laughs> you got that right, to a chateau. <laughs> All right, so then, like I was saying, uh, you have the masterpiece from April 1st, 1995. That's in Memphis at the Great American Pyramid. You were there. I have photographic evidence I, of course, was not there. I was living out of the country out of the time. But my mom was there, and she took a picture of you and some of my other buddies hanging out in the parking lot. Masterpiece, always a classic, a great cover of Bob Dylan's song. Uh, Bobby on the acoustic guitar in this one. And it's a really nice, clear, clean version. And where you have some of the versions that go on, you know, in the early 90s with Bruce, where he's playing the accordion, this one's a – this one – in comparisons, a lot cleaner, I guess I'd say. Yeah, totally. I agree. And uh, obviously, you know, seeing your mom in the parking lot is uh, still a shock, but nonetheless, it was sweet. And, uh, you know, I hitchhiked down from college to get to those shows because I was living out of state, but I wasn't going to miss the Grateful Dead at the Pyramid. There was no way. And uh, my contention is still that they actually meant to play stuck inside a mobile with the Memphis Blues again, but they just got started on when I paint my masterpiece, and, you know, they just ripped it. Like it was, like you said, it was a really crisp, clean version, especially, you know, for 95. And then at the end, when Jerry comes in, he just absolutely nails it, and it is just phenomenal. And, I mean, there are so many fun songs that they played at those two nights in the Pyramid that referenced the river, that referenced Memphis. But I picked this one for this set because I just it's such a good version of it. And, I, you know, obviously it holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, I, I was going to – I meant to mention that as far as when uh, when Jerry comes in at the end for the harmony. Yeah, he really does nail that and belts it out uh, tremendously well. And then speaking of Jerry, you've got this bird song from 82772, the famous Springfield Creamery show, Veneta, Oregon. 
And that's one of the best birdsong versions ever. Some people are going to contend, you know, without a net birdsong maybe, but this one's so good. And I remember a couple years ago when they had the meetup at the movies and they did this, uh, they did the movie. And I remember some people getting up to like go take a break during the birdsong. And I'm like, man, you are missing, you're missing one of the best versions. And it's just, oh, it's such a good one. Yeah, yeah, and in my opinion, it is the quintessential bird song. Like, it, you want to know the best bird song ever? In my opinion, this is it. It's such a beautiful song, and they jam it out. It's uh, about 12 or 13 minutes, and it's just absolutely beautiful. And, uh, you know, like, that was a crazy show from everything that we hear about. Obviously, neither of us were there, but they had, you know, a tent where all the kids were, and so the kids were... You know, they announce on the PA system, the kids are looking for their parents, they're in the tent, they want to make sure everything's okay. And in the meantime, they're just ripping up these just ridiculous versions of songs, you know, and the bird song is, you know, it's probably the the exception to the entire group, but it's just absolutely phenomenal. As good as those concerts were, this song just, like, speaks to me out loud. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um <laughs> And that that is a um, that is so true. What you're saying about you know being the quintessential bird song and how it fits in with that show. Okay, so the bird song, very good stuff. And then you got a unbelievable finisher here to end the first set. And I I have to admit, I was not familiar with this piece right here. This is a music never stopped into sugary. Back into music never stop from Alpine Valley, August seventh, nineteen eighty two. You can find it on Dick's Picks thirty two. I guess after the first like sixteen or seventeen Dick's Picks, I kind of stopped paying attention to the releases because you could already get you know so much stuff online uh, and on streaming and stuff like that. And I would just I got to tell you I was not familiar with this piece, and it's a solid music and it's a really good sugary. And they come back into the music and rock it out and finish up. Your first set, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, that's exactly right. It is. Uh, it's a pretty solid. Music never stopped into an excellent sugary, and then they kind of noodle it back into the music to finish at the end with the music never stopped crescendo. It's with the cool things in here is obviously this is a sandwich that is uncommon, and that's kind of what drew my ear to it at first. And then just listening to it, like you. You hear the sugary start to tease, you know, just about 10 seconds before they go into it. And so it really was just like, boom, there it is, and it went right into it. And then when the sugary ends, you're like, okay, what's next? And they noodle it back into the music, never stop. Now, I will tell you, this was actually the show opener for this show, but as music never stopped is classically, at, you know, first set closer. That's where I wanted to put it. And so it, it really is very cool. Like I said, uncommon sandwich. You know, like there were times where they started to do like Scarlet into Touch of Grey or, you know, they did a Jack Straw into Franklin's and they would start to mix things up a little bit, you know, more probably to keep themselves interested, I would guess. But in the end, it created a great experience. And sometimes, you know, one magic night, the only time ever you get to hear a music sugary music sandwich. Yeah, exactly, and that's it is such a that was such a rarity. You're talking about the the different sandwiches that you know they did over the years, and you said probably you know to keep themselves interested. I can't disagree with that. One of the one you know would uh, Saint Stephen and I were talking about some of those uh, odd songs 
that you would not find in certain places. You know, like a me and my uncle coming out of Dark Star uh, was one. I, I can't remember the exact date, but there's a there's a, we were actually a couple of them that were kind of yeah, odd like that. A few of them, like I think I want to say in '71, and that's another great example. Like that's something you would never think of the trippy Dark Star. You know, into the, the you know the country tune, me and my uncle, and it was like I remember the first time I heard one of those. It was just blew my mind. I was like, wow, I would never pair these songs together. And then you wonder why they didn't keep doing it because you enjoyed it so much. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Uh, there's one more I wanted to mention to you, and I'm trying I'm trying to look it up as I'm talking to you. That was one of my all time favorites back in the day. And I hadn't listened to it in such a long time, and it was being you know, I heard it the other day. He's gone into Gloria Jam, into CC Ryder Stanley Theater, twelve one seventy nine, Pittsburgh. And if you're not familiar with that one, you should check that out. Second set of that of that show. Yeah, excellent stuff. Like the you know the fun sandwiches, the fun stuff is, you know, it's, I think it's a little underrated with the Grateful Dead because they weren't really known for necessarily getting out there and doing fun type things like that. But when they did, it was definitely special. Absolutely. All right, so let me wrap up the first set that we have here. This is Compliments of Dank, Help Slip Frank, One from the Vault, Great American Music Hall, 81375. Of course, there is the Bill Graham intro on that as well. Jack Straw, uh, May 15th, 1980, from Nassau Coliseum. West L.A. Fadeaway, Ventura County Fairgrounds, July 31st, 1983. When I Paint My Masterpiece, from April 1st, 1995, Memphis, The Pyramid. Birdsong, 827, 1972, Veneta, Oregon, The Springfield Creamery. And Music Never Stopped, Into Sugar Ree, Back Into Music Never Stopped, from Alpine Valley, August 7th, 1982. You can find that on Dick's Picks 32. So we're going to take a quick break. You enjoy that, and we will be back in just a moment. Good evening. We welcome you on behalf of the group. We should introduce... On the piano, we have Mr. Keith Gottschall. On the drums on stage left, Mr. Mickey Hart. On bass and vocals, Mr. Philip Lesh. On rhythm guitar and vocals, Mr. Bob Weir. On the drums on stage right, Mr. Bill Kreutzmann. On the vocals, Mrs. Donna Jean Gottschall. On lead guitar and vocals, Mr. Jerry Garcia. And you're welcome, please, the Grateful Dead. Like a 
Another test of God's space Your eyes looked from your mother's face Wildflower seed and sand and stone May the four winds blow you safely
Ancient footprints are everywhere. Well, you could almost think that you're seeing devil on a cold, dark night on the Spanish sky.
sun so hot, clouds alone, the eagles feel the sky. Catch a Detroit, lightning out of Santa Fe. Great Norman, out of Cheyenne.
been hot for seven weeks now Too hot to even speak now Did you hear what I just heard? See, it might have been a fiddle Or it could have been the wind But there seems to be a beat now I can feel it in my feet now Listen, here it comes again So bearing out on my highway They're high-stepping into town It's the rainbow full of sound And it's fireworks, live bees and clowns And everybody's dancing So, come on, children, come on, children Come on, clap your hands And the moon came up and wide And it started spinning his ear Oh, the band kept us so busy We forgot about the time There a band bell description Like Jehovah's favorite choir People joining hand in hand While the music plays the band No, they're setting us on fire Crazy rooster playing midnight Balls of lightning roll on Old men sing about their dreams We'll laugh at children's scream. The band keeps playing on Keep on dancing through till daylight Greet the morning air with song No one's noticed, look, the band's all packed and gone Were they ever here at all? They kept on dancing Hey, come on, children, come on, children Come on, clap your hands Well, the Cougars came on Tuesday It's beautiful of dancing, full of singing and romancing. The music never stops.
You know in spite of all you gain You still have to stand out in the pouring rain One man's voice is calling you And I guess it's time you go Just one thing I ask of you Just one thing for me
Where she's been, where she's been, where she's gone. 
Okay, welcome back. It is Heady Jams, a grateful podcast, episode eight, with special contributor Dan K, aka Dank, giving us the set list. Hope you enjoyed that. I know I did, especially that intro, Bill Graham, laying it out there for you. And after the first set, you heard Evangeline Jerry Band from one of the live Jerry Garcia volumes, something maybe 12, that they've been releasing as of late. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, those are a lot of fun. Uh, Dank, have you been checking out those uh, live Jerry Band releases? Yeah, I actually think I have. I got most of them, and they, they're great. Uh, it's great sound quality. They're picking great shows that, you know, are all, you know, different genres. Like, you'll get one Legion of Mary, and the next one will be, like, from, you know, 1980 with Clarence Clemens. So, there's a lot of good variety and great sound quality. Yeah, I agree. And you're, and we'll have some of that stuff for you when the we do our Days Between shows. So, look forward to that as well. And, and Dank is gonna also going to help us out with that stuff as well on those set lists. So... Uh, you know, we're talking to a real expert here, folks. So don't, 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 don't kid yourself. This guy knows what he's talking about. So the second set, you start off with a show that we've actually had a song from uh, this show before, which I had never heard really or paid attention to it much. This is a Shakedown Street from November 29th, 1980, Gainesville, Florida. I've actually used the Candyman from this show. You know, it's it's interesting because, like I said, when I first looked at your set list, there was some stuff on there that I was not familiar with. And, you know, this is what it's all about, man. Open your eyes to stuff that you hadn't heard before. How did you come across this shakedown? Uh, I, You know, I was just going through listening to a bunch of different shows, and this show popped out of me because of the name of the venue. It's the Alligator Alley Gym. And uh, just kind of made me chuckle. I've driven down Alligator Alley, so uh, I just started to check it out. And this shakedown is just stellar. If if you like early Brent, I know there are people out there that have their opinions, but this is a super groovy disco circus type of shakedown. It's not super fast. It's not super slow. It hits a really good groove. You definitely hear Brent on the keys. But the really super cool thing about it is about seven minutes into the song, you start hearing a feel like a stranger tease. Doesn't really go anywhere, but they just tease it for, you know, like 30 seconds or so. You hear it a couple of different times, and then they go right back into the disco circus that is the Shakedown Street. So it's just kind of funny that, you know, I was drawn to the show for one reason, but I stayed for another. Yeah, that's and you got to love stuff like that uh, when you get these little nuggets out of some of these shows. Then you go into a Tennessee Jed, typically a first set, you know, a first set song, I guess, but not necessarily. Tennessee Jed Swing Auditorium, February 26, 1977. This is something that has troubled me for my entire Dead fandom, and I get crap about it from some people. Um, being from Tennessee, of course, I never say I'm from Tennessee. I always say I'm from Memphis, but I'm not a huge Tennessee Jed fan. But I did enjoy this version. Sometimes the versions are too slow for me, but this is a good version. It's got a good tempo, and it sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm the same way. I don't say I'm from Tennessee. I say I'm from Memphis. But I was and I am a Tennessee Jet fan. Um, it's easily in my top five favorite songs. 
But uh, the Swing Auditorium, it's a widely circulated tape. I'm sure most people who have been listening to Grateful Dead for a little while have heard this. But it was one of the first tapes that I ever got. So when I when I was making this set list, I knew no matter what, this Tennessee Jed was going to be in there. Because it was one of those, you know, it was one of those eye-opening times where you're just like, wow, this is a really great song, and this is a really great version. And, you know, it's taken me back to back when I was a teenager and, and getting into all this stuff, you know, with you and St. Stephen and all our other friends and just hearing all different things. And, you know, this, some people say, you know, it's just a standard version or it's, you know, it's nice or whatever. To me, it's just absolutely beautiful. But part of that is because it takes me back to a different time, you know, not the time of the, the show. I wasn't there, but the time when I first discovered this song. And so, you know, that's, it's out there and it's just one of the better ones that I think. You know, and it's before, you know, Jerry was screaming, drink all day and going to rock all night. So it's kind of a little subtle in there with it. But it's a really, really good listen and very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, it's well put there uh, about, you know, how they take how it takes you back to the times when you kind of first heard the shows. Next, you've got an alligator from January 16th, 1970, Springer's Inn in Portland. On the actual tape, it goes into drums and then an 11 jam actually kind of mixed up a little bit of that stuff in there just to give the listeners a little bonus, you know, from the alligator. Can't go wrong with alligator. I'm not going to, you know, pontificate on, you know, better alligators versus, you know, they're all pretty much right on time, money, great, you know, bluesy type number. And I'm going to I'm going to go to the Olin Aragid Fire on the Mountain from the Giza Theater in Egypt. Nine sixteen seventy eight. Though the Egypt shows are hotly debated by a lot of people, they didn't sound great. They didn't play great. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. I mean, you know, everybody's a critic, of course. I enjoy the Egypt shows. They're they're good shows. Seventy eight was a great year. Uh, I really love the intro uh, to the Fire on the Mountain. That's a perfect song to come out of uh, his group and his. Uh, whatever they're singing about and the drums and all that stuff. When was, you know, was that something when the first time you heard it like that, or maybe like the Hamza L Din stuff, when you first heard that stuff, were you like, you know, it's a little gimmicky or were you like really into it? Uh, I, I really enjoy it. I would say that uh, planet drum, probably one of the first like grateful dead side project uh, CDs or tapes that I, that I, I bought. Um, I've always enjoyed drums. I'm not a musician or a drummer, but I've always liked the sounds of the drums and all the different percussion noises that you can make. Uh, this one in particular, it starts, you know, with the uh, chanting with Hamza Din, and then the drums come in, and then the whole band comes in. And then they just transition into the fire, and it's just, it's sick, man. It's just, it's almost seamless on how they start the fire and then it's almost like they're like okay now it's time and they just drop bombs and go into it and it's just this thick thick groove it really is a standout fire on the mountain um you know i like you said people have debated for a long time the egypt shows i don't think there's any debate here this is one of the best versions of fire on the mountain that you'll ever hear you can you can hear it and feel it through the music that it was definitely special for the band to be there doing what they were doing and you know to have the chanting and the drums and just into it, it it's just so phenomenal i really 
really suggest giving this multiple listens. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It's it, I think it does stand for you know a situation where you need to listen to it multiple times to fully appreciate it, and I think you will once you once you give it a run. Now, here's one that was also kind of a eyebrow raiser when I saw it on your list. We can run the Brent Classic from October 9th, nineteen eighty nine, Hampton, Virginia. And I saw this on there, and we've had some Brent songs on here on our on our podcast. We can run. What's your connection to We Can Run? Because when I think Brent songs that I want to hear, maybe the live versions of, I generally gravitate towards Blow Away. But what's your what's your connection to We Can Run? Well, first, let me say I agree with you. My my number one Brent song is Blow Away. I think most people gravitate to that. But I was just thinking of building and trying to build an actual set list. And so normally, you know, after drums, you'll have, you know, one song or two that are kind of more mellow and chill. And this is what I wanted to put in my set. I'm a Brent fan. That's the Grateful Dead that I came up knowing was with Brent Midland. And so... To me, this is just a beautiful song. It's about, you know, taking care of the earth and, you know, loving each other and everybody looks out for each other. And the song itself, just the lyrics speak to me. The melody's beautiful. And then, you know, at the end, they get the crowd involved where, they're like, you know, they do the weekend run and everybody's clapping and they're like, can't hide. And everybody's clapping. So it's just the crowd involvement, the feeling of the song, the lyrics. And it's just a nice, mellow song to chill to. Okay, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the song. I just not, you know, you just don't think of it all the time, you know. As a, and I am a huge Brent fan as well. I mean, you know, we we just did our tribute to the summer tour of 1985 episodes one and two, or parts one and two. You can check that out, episode seven. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I'm glad you did put it in there because it's not something that I normally think about. And then you wrap up the second set with a really awesome throwing stones. End and Not Fade Away from Deer Creek. That is from July 19th, 1994. May I assume that you were there? That is correct. That is the uh, number one reason for choosing this to close out the uh, second set here. Um, I was at this show, and I was at the next night also. It was three nights. I couldn't make it to the third night. But uh, what's funny is that on this first night, which we took the Throwing Stones and Not Fade Away from, the encore was rain song by the Beatles, which I believe you you played in your uh, cover tune podcast. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yep. And so the encore was rain, then the next night there were storms in the area, and for the second set, they started with, they opened with Boxer Rain, Samba in the Rain, Looks Like Rain, and then Here Comes Sunshine as soon as the storm started to clear. So it was a pretty cool, you know, two, two nights out of three to be there. Also, on the second night, there was the first Childhood's End and the first Matilda, so it's always cool to see the first time a song is played. Um, but this Throwing Stones Not Fade Away was just like, you know, being at Deer Creek, which at the time, you know, going to Indiana, I considered my home venue. Uh, it was, you know, really, really sweet to get there and, you know, once again, just be in the scene and be a part of the crowd, see some really good Grateful Dead and just end it on such a, such a high, hopeful, you know, community-type note with the throwing stones and the not fade away. Yeah, and I'll say this. Uh, this you know, I probably had heard that before, but probably never really paid that much attention. Go back and listen. When you're listening to this Throwing Stones, folks, pay close attention to the Throwing Stones. 
you'll hear like some it's almost like some DJ-esque like record scratch sounds going on during the throwing stones. It's pretty it's pretty cool. Uh, that in conjunction with like I can't think of the name of the percussion instrument, but it's got the three like metal things that turn. I don't know what you call that thing, but it sounds like it's a little bit of that and some record scratching going on. Or maybe I'm just <laughs> who knows? Maybe 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 I got corona fever. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, so that's the end of the second set, and then you've got the double encore box of rain from Hofheinz Pavilion. November 19th, 1972. It's a great box of rain. Very solid. And then you've got the I Fought the Law from Shoreline Amphitheater, 522-93. A lot of people were blah about the I Fought the Law. I thought usually it was a good rocking song uh, when they played it well, and this is a good version of it. Tell me about your encores. Uh, So the Box of Rain from 72 from Hoffheim's Pavilion. It's just, it's an earlier box of rain, obviously. Um, and it's, you know, it's a little bit more on the country side, if you say that. It's a little more a twang to the guitar rather than like a psychedelic noodle. And there's lots of piano in it, which is really, really nice. And it's just a really nice listen. But I didn't feel right ending the show on, you know, a really beautiful box of rain. I think thought we need to bring up the energy a little bit. And I happen to love I Fought the Law. I love The Clash, big punk rock band. And I just thought they, again, you know, like they were just having fun. You know, they were, they were doing what they wanted to do. You know, what's that old saying? They're not the best at what they do. They're the only ones that do it. Well, you know, they're, they're jam. They're the biggest jam band in the history of jam bands. And they're playing a punk rock song to end the show. So to me, like, it's a lot of fun. It's a little twist on everything. You know, everybody gets what they get out of the Grateful Dead. Nobody's right or wrong as long as everyone's having fun and enjoying it. Yeah, I will I will uh contradict you on one thing. I thought the law is was covered by The Clash, but this it was a really a a 60s rock and roll song, but uh either way you slice it, it's not something that you would have thought the Grateful Dead were going to come out with uh as it was a popular encore in the last, you know, 3 or 4 years of the Dead. Uh so let me recap real quick. What you've got here for the second set, you've got Shakedown Street, November 29th, 1980, from Alligator Alley, Gainesville, Florida. Tennessee Jed from the Swing Auditorium, February 26, 1977. Alligator from 116, 1970, Springer's Inn in Portland, Oregon. Then you've got the Hamzel Den, Olin Aragid, Into Fire on the Mountain from the Giza Light Theater, whatever it's called, in Cairo, Egypt. 9-16-78, We Can Run from October 9th, 1989, Hampton, Virginia, Throwing Stones, In and Not Fade Away from Deer Creek, July 19th, 1994, and then your double encore, Box of Rain from Hoffheim's Pavilion, November 19th, 1972, and I Fought the Law from Shoreline Amphitheater, 5-22-1993, about two weeks before my first show, at Soldier Field. Dank, I cannot tell you how much I really appreciate you joining me, helping me with this set list, your commentary on point, like a pair of Stacy Adams shoes. I really look forward to getting back on the phone with you again to do some days between stuff. If your schedule will allow, I do appreciate the contributions on the set list. 
And St. Stephen just texted me and said he really apologizes. He couldn't make it. He was looking forward to it. But hopefully we'll have a little uh, menage a trois discussion on when it comes time for the days between. Any parting words, my man? Yes, thank you for letting me do this with you, man. It's been a, a long, strange trip for the two of us. And uh, I look forward to uh, coming back and getting to do it with you and St. Stephen. Thanks again. I hope everyone enjoys the show. All right, I know they will. And everybody, don't forget, you can check us out on Twitter. That's at Hetty Jams, W-E-V-L. You can find me on Facebook, Ira Lipsy. I also post the set list and the links very often to some of the various dead fan groups. And you can find this on SoundCloud or on iTunes. When you search on iTunes, you might want to search the eye of the world. That's the letter I, all one word. Thanks again to Dan K. St. Stephen will be back. Hopefully next time we will be back with some Days Between episodes next time. Y'all enjoy. Thanks a lot. We'll see you down the road.
Oh, oh, oh. 